Welcome to episode 25 of the SVOPA podcast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Joe. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 25 of the SVOPA podcast for March 2014. And hi Joe, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. You? Yeah, I'm great, thank you. It's been a really busy month though, hasn't it, with um, the last podcast and the launch of VI Talk as well. Yeah, and a couple of meetups. It's all go, isn't it? It is. We'll actually talk about VI Talk later as well, just to let the guys who don't know about it what's happening and where we're going with it. Yeah, definitely. So what have we got coming up this month? We've got Around the School in 10 Lessons, and that's episode five, and we're covering the chapel. And uh, we've got Maria Evans, who's come on to help us, and also Brian Winter. And we've also got a full interview with Maria Evans as well, so that'll be really nice to you know, see if you remember some of the things she remembers. We do, because she was at school for 20 years as a teacher, I think. So uh, lots of memories there. From 1975 to 1995. And we've got some of the events as well coming up and a little bit of um, audio from the event in Durham, which took place last Saturday. And we've also got some audio from Chris Lyon as well. We have, which we're going to pop into the news section. So shall we move on to the news? And now, here are some news items. I'm going to start off with some news what's been sent through from Dr John Patterson about two of the students at the school. And the first one is about Catherine, who has become the first visually impaired police cadet. We'll hopefully hear from her on an upcoming podcast to how that's going. And um, the police were really impressed with her with some of the work she's been doing in the cafe on Saturday morning at the school. And also Jamie, he has just had an interview at Hope University. So we'll let you know how that's gone as well for obviously for, for plans for his future. And just to let a few people know, especially um, if you're in the Liverpool area and you've got you know, and, and youngsters, the school is now open on Saturday mornings where they're doing a variety of activities, including martial arts, dance, um, music and um, health and beauty amongst other things so have a look on the school website stvin.com for more information about that if you know people who may be able to benefit from that okay so now we've received some audio from chris Lyon, so we'll uh, hand over to him and uh, listen to what he's got to say hi everyone this is chris Lyon here first of all i have some sad news regarding getting a guide dog as most of you will be aware, I have been doing mobility training now for ages and had a visit from guide dogs not so long ago. Unfortunately, they still don't feel that I'm quite ready for a guide dog and they reckon that spatial awareness maybe an issue and that if the dog gets out of control that I may not be able to cope with that and so on. I'm not convinced but my conclusion is this. If it takes 6 years, 20 years, 25 years I am willing to keep going until I succeed my goal 
which is what I always do. I find it very hard to back down. I mean, really hard to back down, especially when I know it's something I want to deeply achieve. So that's my news on that situation. Thank you very much, Chris, for for sending in your your audio on your sort of your um, your stage you're going through with getting a guide dog, and um, we do hope that you know things do go your way. And um, I love the fact that you're so determined in life to carry on and not just give up because you've you've had a, a setback. So thank you very much. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our two local meetups that we've had recently, both on the same day. We had one in Liverpool that Michael attended, and we had a massive turnout for that, 18 people, which is fantastic. And then we had a smaller meetup in Durham, but it was the first one, and seven turned up. You did. So um, it was. It was great. We had a new venue for the Liverpool one, which obviously I was amazed to get to. Uh, We used the Crown Hotel, which is near Lime Street. We'll definitely use that again. We had upstairs... But it was it was quiet, even though the pub was really busy, and we had you know about five or six new people who haven't been to our meetups before, including um, Jimmy who came up from Birmingham, and Paul and Becky who came down from Barrow and Furnace. So you know, and that's along with our usual group, and, um, and it's just so nice to catch up and spend the you know, a full day really from about twelve till half eight. The last ones left. Okay, so Durham was uh, organised by Georgie and Chelsea, and we do have some audio for that. We do, and what we'll do is we'll um, we'll hand over and we'll have a listen to what took place over there. Hello, Sydney Tambin here at the Durham meetup in Weatherspoons. Now I'm going to pass over to Georgie, who will introduce the whole group. Hi everyone, we've all met in Durham and at the moment we're sat in Witherspoons. Around the table are myself and Andrew, Patty and Brian, Mary, Chelsea and Sid. Say hello everybody. (laughs) Don't they sound cheerful? (laughs) You miserable lot. (laughs) Come on, say it better than that. Hello. We've all had lunch, and I'm not uh, telling you, but Patty and Brian and Mary and Sid and Chelsea have all had a wicked pudding. (laughs) Me and Andrew sustained. Uh, Everyone's having a great time, so I'll pass you to Patty, because I'm sure she'll want to say a few words. Hello everybody, this is Patty Angus Collison having a wonderful time. I'm just enjoying American pancakes with ice cream on the top. The weather here is absolutely gorgeous. You would think you were in the tropics. We're sitting on the top of the bus at the front looking out the window and I felt as if, oh, I'm in a a moving sun lounge because it was all glass and it was lovely. So Brian and I having a wonderful time. So I'll, I'll pass you back to Gina, who is absolutely amazing. Thank you. 
as you can take it, Patty's my number one fan. <laughs> so now I'm going to pass you to Chelsea for her to have a few words. Hi. Well, as you can, well, I just finished my strawberry Sunday. Um, I sound different because I've got an ear infection, but I'm still surviving. Um, yeah, I'm just having a good time. Everybody, and yeah, so I'm not drinking alcohol, which is a good thing. And since so you're the one who's drinking alcohol, aren't you, sir? <laughs> uh, yes, I do admit that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I pass on to Sid now. Well, thank you to everyone to getting together today at the Durham meetup in <laughs> Weatherspoons. Um, since on the topic of puddings, I had a nice chocolate fudge cake as well. And Jesse, I'm the only one drinking uh, lager. Naughty me on that count. Um, thank you to everyone for getting together and inviting me along today. Uh, Shame Michael Allen or no one else could be here, but it's still a good plan for the future. Uh, thank you very much for listening and hope to catch up with some of you very soon indeed. Thank you very much to all those who attended both of the meetups and um, to Georgie and Chelsea again for organising the one over in Durham. And we think the next North East event is going to be York, but that is in the process of being planned at the moment. And we've got lots of other meetups, but we're going to give you an update on those later in the podcast. Okay, so now we've uh, joining us, we've got Maria Evans, who a lot of you will remember, she taught at school when I was there, she taught French and RE. So, hi, Maria. Hi, Anne. Yeah, it's lovely to have you back on the podcast, and it's been such a long time, and it was great talking to you about Christmas the other year on episode six, I think it was. I think it was episode six, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we'll do is we'll cast your mind back, if that's okay. Yeah. To make you know, I suppose really your when you were a youngster and and sort of the start of your life and what you did if you'd like to talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean I, I was the uh, very much the youngest in my family, so um, I, I I sort of uh, it, it was very much like being um, an only child because my uh, brother and sister, well my sister was nearly thirteen years older than me. My brother was seven years older than me, but. You know, in those days, they left school when they were 14. So I practically, well, I remember my brother being at school. I have no recollection of my sister being at school at all. Um, so I sort of trotted along. I had a great time, actually. I used to roam all over the place. Um, where I lived, there were loads of parks. So it sounds very posh. It was a council estate, but it was, uh, it was, it was surrounded by parks. And... The boy around the corner and I used to just go out in the holidays and and roam and climb trees and do all sorts of things. I had a a great time, just went out and nobody worried about us. So did you always want to teach or was that something that you came to later? I did want to teach. I can remember um, I used to go to the... Um, what was it was called the Iandir Infirmary. I don't know whether St Paul's existed in those days, but I had a squint. I've still got a squint actually, 
Um, and I used to go for eye exercises at this iron ear infirmary, which was opposite the Philharmonic. You know where the Philharmonic is. Mm -hmm. And um, what I, I think it must have been going home from them. I we I was with my mum and I passed the um, what was later to be the college I went to, the teacher training college. And I can remember standing on a little wall, you know, about six inches high only. I, I was only between four and six and saying, I'm going to go here when I'm a big girl. Um, and I did. So <sighs> I, I did always want to teach, yes. Wow. So what did, how did you come to, to teach? How did you, you know, you, obviously after school, there's a, there's a lot of training for being a teacher, isn't there? Um, how I, did, where did you go? And I, I went, I, I went to the college which was next door to the school I went to on Mount Pleasant, which was opposite where the Catholic Cathedral is now. Right. Um, well, it was sort of on the other side of the of the road and went down. It's it's now John Moore's University uh, uh, took it over. Oh, okay. So I first I went to the the grammar school that was there, and then when I was old enough, I went next door and trained for teaching, and uh, taught in Liverpool for a bit, roamed around the country for a while. I was out of Liverpool for, I was trying to work it out the other day, it was about seven and a half years altogether. I taught in Oxford and in London, and then came back to Liverpool. And I went, started teaching, oh, came back to, to Liverpool to do my RE diploma um, at my old college. And then um, I got a job that I absolutely hated. So I gave it up and then had, it was, there was in the early 70s, it was quite difficult to get jobs in teaching. I can't remember why, but there was a shortage of teaching jobs. And I thought I was going to have to give up teaching. And I'd been for an interview, which thank God I didn't get, I would have been hellish for me. Uh, it was at a primary school. And um, came home that evening and my friend rang me, a school friend, and she, she said to, to find out how I got on in the interview. And she was doing some sort of course at Christ College at the time. And she said, well, they need a, an RE teacher at the blind school. So the next day I rang up St Vincent's and... I was talking to Jackie Lampton, and she said, uh, is it the um, RE job or the French job? And I said, well, I can do both. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember whether I spoke to Sister Claire on the phone or whether Jackie fitted up, you know, fixed up the interview. Anyway, I came to see Sister Claire. And I explained to her what had happened at the school I was at before. And fortunately, she knew the woman who'd been my headmistress, who was an absolutely dreadful woman. Um, and she said, oh, don't worry, we know what she's like. And uh, she, she said, OK, you know, she showed me round and said, well, what do you think? And I said, well, 
fine. So um, she said, right, okay, starting September. Wow. <laughs> so what did you, which job did you get? Do you remember? Both of them. You got both straight away. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. What was happening was Sister Josephine was going to Birmingham to do her qualification for teaching the blind full time. Mm -hmm. And um, Mr. Tunstall, who was then the French teacher, was leaving. Um, so I sort of just stepped into both um, jobs. It just fell very nicely for me. Thank you very much. Right. Um, <laughs> it was a, a job made for me, really. That's brilliant. Have you always worked in the senior department or did you double, you know, step into any of the primary at all? No, no, no. I, I, there was a time when um, I didn't go down to the primary department, but there was a time when um, the top juniors came up for a French lesson a week. Um, didn't last very long. Um, uh, but that was my only contact with the juniors. How long were you at St Vincent's for teaching? 20 years. Started 75, left 95. So do you have any special memories, both good and bad? You know, I mean, it couldn't have all been perfect. It wasn't all perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you had me for, I think, two, if not three years out of the... <laughs> not at all, not at all. It was... Um, well, I don't know. I, I, I liked the way the school was when I went. It was much more... Um, it's much more sort of family feeling of it when I first went than it became later because teaching became so, so bureaucratic later um but but at first it was great i i loved the um having the the small classes and having that uh, and just being able to get to know the kids so well um because they were small classes um my first year uh, the bad thing about it was i didn't have a class that year i didn't have a form class um, so I was stuck in one of those little practice rooms, you know, off Queen's Wing. Oh, the little tiny ones. Oh, right. Yeah. And um, I had uh, I, I, I had to, to manage along there, which was a little bit awkward. Well, it was just too small, really, to have everything. But however, it's better than nothing. Um, uh, so that was sort of. That was what I didn't enjoy about my first year, but I liked the, the other things about my first year. Um, and then the, the the year following, I was I, I got the first year seniors as my form and had it for several years, actually. Because I think you had us for second year and possibly yeah. for fourth year as well, or what became fifth year when they, they yeah. moved the, the classes in line. So That's Right, yes. I remember you in... The, the classroom next to Sister Josephine's office. It was, the, yeah, the one, you had the Sister Josephine's yeah, office, then you had yeah. what was the maths room, which is actually now the library, and then yeah. you were next to that. When I first went in there, there were, I had, uh, there were two, two classes, one in the, the bigger room and one in the little room next to it, which had an adjoining door, if you remember, at the back. 
so I just had both classes at that time. I had that <laughs> for a couple of years. It was it was quite peculiar. I enjoyed the things too that I I did outside of school with um, uh, with people because for several years I used to take small groups over to a place called Wood Hall in Yorkshire, which did um, it did sort of well, well how I started doing it was um, I played a recording of the Easter ceremonies to whichever class it was that I had. It was um, Diane McCulley's class. Uh, and I, I, I can't remember what I said, but it was something about, I wish you, we could do something like that. And somebody said, I want to go to that. And I said, oh. So we sorted out, and I, it, I mean, because of the, the way we were traveling, it couldn't be a very big group. It was, I think it was, six at the most um, and we used to travel oh it was a horrendous journey you used to have to travel to Leeds by train and then get I think did they send a minibus down or did we get taxis I think we got taxis from Leeds out to it was near Weatherby the place in the middle of the country um, and it, it was just brilliant because the the Kids used to bring their instruments to, to play at mass, so they had a choice. They could either sing or they could play um, play their instruments or they could do whatever they were doing. But um, they could go off with with the various adults that were there. Um, and they really enjoyed it. I did that for several years and took them over there for other events as well. Um, and and I, it was great. I used to love the, the, the things we did on an out-of-school things. I remember one year, I, I, it was very much, it was rather like a youth hostel at, at, um, at Woodhall. You know, it wasn't, a, um, it, it, you had to rough it. And all the, girl, the girls and I were in this big room, and I got up to switch off the light and I couldn't find my way back to bed. She <laughs> said, oh, you get in, turn the light on, you get back into bed, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh. <laughs> oh, that was really funny. <laughs> it was almost sort of, what have you got to have a light on to find your way yeah. back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what have you done since leaving St Vincent's, Maria? Oh, what have I done since I left St. Vincent's? Well, I, before I left St. Vincent's, I was already um, uh, doing quite a lot of uh, weekend retreats at Loyola Hall, giving weeks of guided prayer in parishes and things like that. And it used to be, it, this was part, but only part of the reason that I took early retirement, because it, it was just too much to be, teaching all week and then working all weekend and then back in school on the Monday. Um, so uh, I, I, when I left St Vincent's, I sort of did more of that and it almost became like a full-time job. I was giving um, longer retreats at Loyola Hall and I was, sometimes it felt I was more often there than I was at home.
And uh, that went on until uh, four years ago in March when I had my heart attack and I was waiting to give a retreat somewhere else when that happened. And I realized that actually I had been pushing myself too much. I was getting very tired yeah. uh, uh, doing it and, and uh, decided it was time to retire again. So that was... Um, but that was a very, very good time. I, I enjoyed those years be, um, from, uh, from 1995 until 2010. You always sound hugely busy on Facebook. I know you look after a, a friend, don't you, and help oh, a friend yeah. out, and you just seem to be always doing. You just never seem to stop. <laughs> well, it's, it's not quite as bad as it, as it sounds. It's... Um, it, it's 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 unpredictable looking after Lil because I never know what really she when she's going to need. Officially, I take her to mass on a Saturday night, and I um, what else do I do? Uh, oh, I, on Wednesdays, uh, she likes uh, to have Marks and Spencer's ready meals mm. so that she's got them in her her. her, her Freezer. She can manage to put them in the um, um, microwave for herself, or some, uh, sometimes a carer will do it with her if she comes at the right time. But that's a, a bit of a hit and miss thing. Um, I mean, I was particularly busy when she was in hospital last year because that was three hours every, at least three hours every afternoon um, for for three months and was pretty exhausting um but but um normally it's it's uh, uh twice a week so I, if you if you do manage to get any free time what what do you enjoy doing because one thing i was thinking about was that on the group on facebook people have been talking about their memories of the books that you read to us when we were in re yeah. lots of memories to do with that so do you do you are you an avid reader still do you read a lot or is that yeah. one of your hobbies yeah i love reading yes yeah, and I, I I listen to audiobooks in bed. I usually go to sleep while they're still on, but... Um, <laughs> I do the same I, thing. <laughs> yes, I decided I would never get through all the books I wanted to read, so if I've got them on audiobook, I'm getting uh, getting them that way round as well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> You gave a lot of people a lot of pleasure from what we're reading on the, the Facebook group. There's lots of memories about books yeah. that we had read to us as children. I think everybody remembers you reading Goodnight, Mr. Tom. That was the oh, one absolutely. everyone remembers. You know, yeah. That was something that there wasn't a single class that didn't enjoy that. Uh, you know, whatever they were like, that it was a, it was a great book. Yeah. Sister Frances actually found it. She was, um, she was going somewhere on a train journey. And she bought it uh, at the station to read on the train. Um, and that, that's how I got to know it. All oh, right. Oh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's a great book. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again. And hopefully one of our events will they'll coincide when you're free because we know how busy you are. Yeah, thank you very much, Maria. It's been really good. <laughs> okay. Why not come and join us at one, or two, or all of them?
we're going to move on and just have a quick update on the reunion because that's only um, just over two months away now on the 17th of May. Okay, so we've moved it forward this year to give us a longer day so that we can include more and you have more free time to socialise and get to know people. So starting at half 11 with registration. And we're going to have a light lunch around 12 o'clock and get the AGM, do some recording of the podcast, time for tours and hopefully a bit of a a tech session as well amongst other things we're hoping to to do throughout the day but you know give us your feedback as well let us know what you'd like us to do yep and then we've got the uh, evening meal which is going to be a buffet again and then we've got evening entertainment which our own rob clark off the committee is going to um help with yeah and obviously don't forget if you need backing tracks bring some along if you're going to sing or if you want to bring a guitar and play or anything like that you know it's it's your night, as you know, so let's have some fun and let's make it a really good night to remember. Okay, so the booking forms went out in the CD newsletter if you received that, but if not, we've got a rundown of the prices for you. If you're coming for the afternoon, um, which is lunch and the afternoon refreshments, it's £10. If you're staying for the evening as well, it's 17 50 if you want to stay overnight for bed and breakfast, the whole package is £55. Don't forget, you do need to add your membership your annual membership, which is £5 as well. And obviously, as a past pupil, that is sort of part of what you do need to pay to to attend this event. If you're not staying overnight, we do need you to leave by 12. Um, But if you are, we're hoping to have the minibus again on the Sunday morning, aren't we? We are, actually. There's still a few things to be arranged, but I was talking to Phil um, at the Liverpool meet, and we're going to try and arrange for the minibus to be sorted as well for this year. Um, But we, you know, we'll give more details near the time with the way it all works out with the school and everything and we also have an opportunity for some people to stay over on the friday night at school if they want to that would just be on a bed and breakfast basis it would and that's 20 pound and what we're doing with that is we're going to take the money for that on the night um if that does change in any way we'll let you know those who want to come okay so if you need any more information then you can um, email us podcast at svopa.co.uk or you can get in touch in all the usual ways and we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast yeah and um, booking you do need to obviously let me know if you are planning on staying especially because we've only got limited spaces and booking will close really about the week before so you're looking around the um the 10th of may we need to have all bookings in for our new section around the school in 10 lessons right everyone take out your textbooks and sit down and just be quiet because it's the fifth lesson of around the school in 10 lessons Okay, so this time we're talking about the chapel which I know holds very evocative memories for an awful lot of people and we're talking because it is silent in class so just so you know that as well okay so what do you remember about the chapel michael i can remember quite funny because we're going to bring maria evans in in a little bit as well and my sort of first memories were obviously going to mass i mean and in the infants and it was set out slightly different the church or the chapel it was set out in a sort of facing the middle so you you weren't that far away from everything and then that did change around 1978. So um, that they were sort of my first memories. I can't remember who the um, you know who the chaplain was at the time, 
well, that was sort of how I remember it starting in the infant. So I said 77, 78 time. I see. I only went through the seniors. So from 83, it was set out like a like you would imagine a traditional church layout with the pews on either side and the aisle going up the middle of the pews. Yeah. And occasionally during like carol services, you'd go on to the, the altar section. You'd sit at the side of the altar rather than the rest of the year. You actually never went beyond the, the altar rail, really, did you? No, you didn't. Um, okay, if you were doing assemblies, Advent assemblies, uh, they were done in chapel, and I remember you would be, you know, you'd be at the front then. Yeah, but you'd be sort of in front of the the main altar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. They had a table there and a, a lectern as well, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's right. Well, well, I mean, when we were there as well, we actually had a choice. I don't. You, did you get a choice, Joe, being a being a Catholic? No, you were really, you were expected to go to Mass on feast days and the days that were, you know, you were expected to go, really. And I was confirmed at um, at St. Vincent's. I made my confirmation, which was quite special. It was quite nice. Yeah, because I remember, I think it was juniors, I started going. I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm not a Catholic, but I, I still got a lot out of the, the, the sort of Masses and things. And we're going to talk to Brian in a minute. And they did have the early morning services, and I know I went a couple of times to them. And, but it was mainly just your feast days. There wasn't really the, the daily daily masses and things which you had to go to when we were there. No, there wasn't. It was just the sort of feast days and the um, you know days that you would be expected to go to a special mass, really. There wasn't sort of mass in the early mornings or anything like that. Well, what I'd like to do is I'm going to introduce Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello, Michael it's good to have you on and obviously you were there at school from 1970 to about 75 and things were quite a little bit different in those days in in sort of the use of the chapel and your experience of of the of the place well one of the main things that uh, you've already alluded to is that it seems that in joe's time the church chapel went back to the layout that it was when I first started, which was as a conventional church or chapel that you would find anywhere else in the country, all had uh, two rows of pews on either side of the church, down, and you had a centre aisle, and there were small aisles up each side. Uh, the altar was at the front. Um, if I remember rightly, the uh, organ was on the right-hand side, right at the back, uh, and that's also where the uh, musicians used to play when we used to have... Um, the, the guitars and flutes and drums and everything for some of the folk folk songs that we used to sing at mass. Um, I was one of the people who stayed at weekends, so we used to have mass on Sunday morning at uh, 9:30. But there was a period I can't remember whether it was 1971 or 1972 uh, when we experimented by having mass on Sunday evening. The thinking being that it would encourage some of the parents who brought children back from their weekends away to come along to Mass and join in with the rest of the uh, school. Uh, as well as having Mass on Sundays, as Joe alluded to earlier on, uh, we had to attend Mass on Holy Days for Obligation and Feast Days. Um, and of course, uh, we also had the afternoon assembly I can't remember if it was about 10 to 2 or 5 to 2. It was certainly before school in the afternoon where we used to go into the chapel and we used to say a decade of the rosary and some other prayers as well. And so we had that 
in the afternoon. Um, our chaplain during the time I was there was Father Bullen, although when Father Bullen was away and when he had his uh, sabbatical in South Africa, we had uh, Father Romani come and say Mass for us. And we were also attached to the um, seminary at Up Holland. So sometimes we used to get the final year uh, students who had been given their Holy See to come along and say Mass for us as well, which was rather nice. But the thing I remember most about the chapel is it, it really did feel, feel like a church. And I really loved going to Mass there. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't. A lot of the younger children I uh, felt that the masses were a bit long, but unfortunately, in the late 60s, early 70s, the church itself and and Father Bullen had very little leeway in altering the way mass was said. Unlike nowadays, where you have certainly uh, four to nine-year-olds going up for their own liturgy, while uh, the adults had the uh, uh, the, our, our normal readings at Mass. Yeah, because that was one of the things as well, in thinking back of the, the service side, they didn't really cater it for for the children, did it? It was short, I think it used to, it felt long at the time, but I think they were, they used to fit them into one lesson, so they were only like 40 minutes long. But they didn't really cater in the way it was done for the younger people and younger children, did they? I think towards the end of my time there, we started using a different version of the Bible. The Good News Bible became available, mm. which had uh, the scripture readings in plain English. Uh, most Sundays we only had one reading, in, uh, one reading before the Gospel um, and then the Gospel reading. We didn't have three readings, we only had two. Um, it de- I think it depended on... on uh, who was saying Mass sometimes. Father Amani was very much um, a one for making tailing the Mass towards uh, the younger children. Um, when I was there, I think Mass lasted about 40, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the only time we ever had a really long Mass was if it was for a very special occasion, and then we would have... Um, some bits of the mass that we didn't have on a normal on a normal Sunday or a normal weekday, and of course the other thing I remember very much uh, was getting up early in the morning as an altar server to serve mass. Uh, that meant getting up at quarter to seven. Uh, the roster used to work that you had uh, one week where you did Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then the next week you did Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, but you had to get up at quarter to seven. You weren't allowed to put the lights on in the dormitory. You had to work by the night light in the dormitory. And then we would go down mass starts at quarter past seven, and usually the only people who were there were the, the sisters. Uh, Joe and Jackie Lampton were often there, and sometimes the kitchen, a couple of the kitchen staff were in, um, and I think sometimes Mrs. Molyneux used to turn up as well for, for mass in the morning. Right, one of the things I'm just interested in as well is you were talking about having the guitars and the drums, and we had a, a couple of songs with guitar didn't we um but on yeah. the whole it was mainly the the organ so i'm just wondering what you know what did you do with the um you know guitars and drums and that sort and flutes when you were there what sort of hymns well i think that was the instigation of if i remember rightly sister rosalie uh, uh, when she was teaching when she was the re teacher she was known as sister rosalie and um 
And she was the one who introduced some of the folk hymns. Uh, some of the ones we have were Come Down, Lord, uh, Spirit of God, uh, Kumbaya, mm -hmm. um, Lord of the Dance, things like that. Right. A lot of them we didn't do, did we? No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. So I think it does depend on, obviously, who's there. And, and like I say, it has more of a, a relevance. So it's a shame that we didn't really do that much. But like I said, we did have one of the nuns used to play guitar, and, I think, and Maria Evans did as well sometime. Well, Richard Sinnott used to play clarinet for us on Sundays. And so did um, uh, Anne Nelson and Marie Manton used to play flute. Right. On Sunday morning, mm -hmm. and I think Eamon, certainly when Eamon was, Eamon Fetton was one of our guitarists. Uh, Glyn and Gary Hancock used to play guitar. Right. And uh, I think Paddy Rodaway and Michael Salt used to play on the drums. Right. We were always encouraged to play. I mean, I used to play uh, at the Christmas concerts, the carol concerts. We used to play. Some of us used to be chosen to play instruments then. But other than that, we didn't really very much i don't think did no. we michael no. i don't think we did no. not in any of the years i was there no, I was no not what no. i can remember anyway no no so i mean one it of the things i've found as well just obviously moving on and we'll um is some of the sort of things and some of the experiences you had whilst in there i mean like so people on the reunion you'll find people in the chapel just going having quiet reflection or just sort of sitting in there and just sort of bringing back memories but i've found you know, some of the things we did, some of the things we learned, just sort of stay with you until, you know, to older age, like like we are all now. Um, well, I think the thing I remember was the fact that it was a place where you could go and sit and relax. Well, not relax, but you know what I mean, meditate, think, pray. Um, of course, if confessions were held on a Wednesday afternoon at half past four. So if you wanted to go along to confession, that's when you went along. Um... Uh, and then you could come out and kneel in front of the altar and, and say your penance and whatever. Oh, and then uh, you could sit in the chapel if you wanted and just um, have your thoughts, compose your thoughts. I suppose one of the other areas which you mentioned earlier you'd never, never went into, and I don't did you ever, while we were at school, Joe, I didn't, with the, um, the balcony? No, never. It was only when we went back to the reunion that I first went on to the balcony. And I think it's a shame because I do know that it was used when uh, through certain years, wasn't it? Um, well, I, think, I don't ever remember it being used. I don't. It may well have been, but I can't remember it being used in the time I was there. I think somebody's mentioned on the group on Facebook that it was, but I can't remember who mentioned it. I think they used the choir up there as well, didn't they, at some point? Yeah, I think they did, which would have been nice, really. So do you have any other memories, Brian, that you'd like to share? Or is there anything, you know, any special memories regarding the chapel or anything? I know you've talked about being an altar server and everything, but is there anything that really stands out for you that you've not spoken about yet? I know that there was a, in the late 70s, there was a, there was a thing that the children who weren't Catholics didn't have to come to Mass on Sunday if their parents didn't want them to. I don't know whether you had that in the time when you were at uh, school. I know during the 80s, when I was there, I was there from 83 to 87, children who weren't Catholic didn't have to go. They had the choice. I can't remember when it was brought in, but they had the choice whether or not to go to the feast day masses. Well, we had no one staying over the weekends, really, by the time we you know, come to the 80s, really, did we? Or the mid-80s. So. There were only a few, yeah. about half a dozen, I think. So mm. not, not many at all, really. Um, so I'm not sure what what happened really at the weekends i'm assuming that if they were catholic they had the chance to go to mass somewhere yeah. but it might not have been in the chapel at school it could have been outside or something 
there we are. If you were staying over at school in the 80s, what did you do if you wanted to go to Mass? Um, I know now, the, obviously, you don't use it on a Sunday. Um, and if, because when we've had the reunion, a few people have gone over to the Grange for the Sunday morning service. So, um, you know, there is things going on there as well. So, thank you, Brian. Uh, thank you, Michael. I really want to, you know, thank you for, for taking part. And what we're going to do is we're going to hand over to a conversation we had a little bit earlier with Maria Evans. Well, we'd like to invite Maria back so that we can talk about the chapel as part of obviously our Around the School in 10 Lessons, which we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, so what are your memories? I mean, obviously you were there a few years before myself and you were a lot more involved in in some of the services and the things that went on in the chapel, weren't you? So yeah. you want to tell us about your, some of your memories of things that changed or came about while you were there? Yeah, something that I'm surprised nobody has mentioned is that, un- that at some time, I don't know when it was, it was done like this, but when I started, the chapel was arranged sideways on. You know, instead of the benches all being one row in front of it the other. It was. It was. I can remember when I started yeah. and being in the infants. Yeah, that's right. I can't remember who the father was then, mind you, but it the was. was. On the right-hand side as you went in, mm. and the benches were um, arranged in four sides of a square mm. round it. And I was working out, it was definitely like that in 1978, now, I haven't any recollection of the children being in chapel while it was like that after that. I remember it, and I was in the infants. But it, it must have changed round. I, I suspect it was when Father Mooney came as the chaplain. Mm. I certainly have memories of it being like that in 1978. Mm. Well, there's a question for everybody. If anybody knows, get in touch with us and let us know. But- because I yeah. remember that, but then it did go to always facing the altar, the main altar. It was still like that in Father White's time. Now I I I I get can't can never remember what dates anything was, but um, but I remember when he was there because he used to he was totally blind, and he used to say mass with a, um, a tape recorder in his ears, reminding him what to say. Uh, and I remember him being still there at that time. Um, but anyway, I, but, but it was, that was the way it was. Um, I was never totally convinced about it being turned back again because I presumed that the reason that it was done like that was that the children were nearer to the altar. Um, those that had some sight found it easier to see what was going on, whereas goodness knows what it was like to be at the back mm. um, in the, the chapel when it was turned round, you know, in the conventional way. Um, when you, you you had no sight, you must have felt it was the, the front of the chapel was miles away. It was, yeah, because <laughs> as you got older, you moved further back. So when you were in like the fifth year seniors, you were always right near the back. So I, I, was, I was never totally convinced. I mean, I know as far as... You know, the look of the chapel was concerned. It looked better, but but that wasn't really the point. It was it was um, best for the children. But 
uh, mind not to reason why <laughs> just happened. I think I just went, as far as I remember, I just went back after some holiday or other and is it all being changed? Right. I, was, I was never very sympathetic about it being changed. So you would have been very involved with um, sort of concerts, with carol concerts and things like that, Maria, and, and the choir and things like that. Were you involved with organising things like that? I didn't organise the, um, the choir. I organised the, the masses and very involved in confirmation. I remember, I was only thinking today, I remember, I knew that the chapel was the way round that it was eventually, for your confirmation, because I can remember your confirmation. Oh, really? Can you? <laughs> so can I, like it was yesterday. <laughs> um, uh, but it was, it was. I mean, yeah, I was involved in the, the carol services as far as I wrote a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and that would have been sort of liaising with Sid to choose the hymns and then singing in the choir. But um, the the it was doing a lot of the uh, things like getting the masses ready. and I used to be, prepare for co the people for confirmation and then we had to practice the masses and stuff like that. So do you have any favourite memories about the chapel, anything that really stands out for you or is it, you know... Actually, I remember um, an, an Advent assembly that we did. I think it must have been in my second year there that I really liked doing it was um, it was Damien O'Connor's class mm -hmm. um, all right uh, Adele and Gemma's brother mm. um, I'm just I'm naming him because it's got have some relevance to somebody that you know um, and I, I remember that assembly I think possibly because it was was it the first couldn't have been the first Advent Assembly I did. It was certainly the first. It possibly was, actually, because you did them with your classes. And the first year I was there, I didn't have a form. Um, so it, was, it would have been my first experience of doing it. The other thing that I used to have to organise uh, was the Leavers Mass. Um, and, and some of those I really liked. One of them was pretty disastrous. One of the hymns they chose to do was one that they sung at Lourdes, and then the, uh, but when it they did it for the the um, the, the Leavers Mass, um, it, it they, they they just seemed it, they they admitted afterwards that it was they just made themselves look silly, um, <laughs> embarrassing. You know they were turning around and doing the, the the actions and whatever, which is fine in a Lourdes setting, but wasn't fine. When they were um, in that yeah. you know, sort of top of the school, mm -hmm. um, um, yeah. parents there and all the rest of it, and it was just quite embarrassing. <laughs> so you were um, responsible for writing the um, Saint Vincent's hymn, weren't you? I was. Yes, that was. It was. I think it was the four hundred and fiftieth anniversary of his birth, and. Um, we were having all sorts of celebrations, and um, for some reason, I um, th 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 one Sunday, just before the feast, it was only a couple of weeks before the feast actually, 
I uh, went to Mass on the Sunday, and as I was sitting waiting for Mass to start, it came into my head. It sort of wrote itself. Um, and I had the, well, I had the first verse done, and then when I went home, um, I sat down and wrote the, uh, the, the rest of it, um, took it into school on Monday and presented it to Sister Josephine, who looked highly dubious about it. Um, but uh, then Sister Ellen was there then. You remember Sister Ellen? I do. She used to play the guitar, didn't she? That's right, yeah, and sang. Yeah. And uh, she, I, I think she convinced Sister Josephine that it was all right. So are there are there any more memories of the chapel that you want to share, Maria, or any any special memories or anything that stands out for you? <laughs> this is a silly one. I oh, can, go on. <laughs> I was trying to sort out the music in the left-hand sacristy. I had all the, um, <clears throat> the the Braille copies and things, and I went in, I think I must have been putting them away, and I, I fell over backwards and sprained my thumb oh, and ended up at A&E in Broadgreen. It was a long time ago because Broadgreen hasn't had an A&E for years. Um, uh, to check whether I'd broken it or not. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, that's just a silly one. So you must have seen a few uh, priests come and go, did you, during your Gosh, 20 yeah. years at school? Can you remember all of them? Or Yes. Father Bullen was there when I went. Then um, he was succeeded by the first Father Mooney, um, Father George Mooney, he was lovely. I liked him enormously. Mm. And then, oh, I can't remember the order they came. I think then we got Father White, um, who for some reason that they thought it was a good idea to send him to us because he was blind, but it wasn't really a very good idea. And then we got the younger Father Mooney. Um, and then... No, I'm trying to think. That was then it was Paul, Paul Robinson, who left the priesthood while he was there. Oh, I don't know. And I, the, you know, I'm struggling to remember which priest was there when I was there in the eighties, and I just. I think it was. I think it was Father Mooney. It probably was. It rings a bell. I think it might have been. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> and then there was Father Harvey, who was there when when I left. Yes, I think that was all of them. I've probably forgotten somebody, but I don't think I have. But, but there was one time when we didn't really have anybody at all. And we had to import people when we gave the, the masses. Oh, really? Right, that's interesting. Yeah. So is there anything else, Maria, or is that, or are they the main things that sort of stand out for you? Or Yeah, I, I can remember going to, we, we used to, well, there's two things that, there's things con connected. Uh, for a while, my mum and I used to go there to, to Mass at St Vincent on a Sunday morning for quite a long time. And uh, the other thing connected with my mum was that she died the day before St Vincent's Day. So um, the, 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 that year, the Mass on St Vincent's Day was actually offered for her, which was rather nice. Oh, um, Am I right? Is St Vincent's Day was it? It's is it September the twenty seventh? That's right. Good memory. Well done. <laughs> I couldn't have told you that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I don't know why it sticks in my mind, but it always has. <laughs> uh, I was always agitating, actually, that when we had school masses, we should have some sort of fun event afterwards. Uh, you know, it was supposed to be celebrating a feast day. Yeah. And yet all we did was march you into chapel and then it was back into seventh lesson or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. it was very sort of regimented. It was, yeah. Stay. <laughs> yeah. Not have something fun afterwards. But nobody listened to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. I wish they had. Yeah. <laughs> it just struck me as it was, it was you know, it, you, you need, children needed to associate something pleasant with it yes um, anyway we did. thanks very much it's been it's been great actually hearing a good side your, your side of the chapel as well really appreciate you your time spending the tonight with us it's been yeah. my pleasure thank you Maria. thanks very much Maria as always it was good to talk to you um, thanks for sharing your memories with us it's been actually quite good, hasn't it? Having um, Brian and Maria helping us with our, our lesson today. It has. And I think the one thing that stands out is that whatever your faith or, you know, religious beliefs, that the chapel was special to a lot of people. It was. And we'd, we'd actually like you to, to send a bit in, some things in as well, especially those who were there, you know, before Brian in the 60s or even before. Cause obviously, we didn't mention it then. It didn't happen. But they used to actually do the masses in Latin and things like that, didn't they? Yeah, well, all Catholic masses were said in Latin, at, at, you know, um, years ago. It was the it was the done thing. Every you know, even as children, you knew you knew the mass in Latin. I know my mum spoke about it. You know, you you, you knew all the responses in Latin. So yeah, you know, I'd be interested to have some have some feedback. I mean, we've had loads on the Facebook page. Just go onto Facebook and look under the memories for the for the chapel. There's, there was probably about a hundred different responses from different people, um, you know, positive, negative, different age groups, and everything. Um, so you know, feel free to chime in on that as well. But if you if you were there in the you know the sixties and the seventies, you know, by all means, send us a, a bit of audio in, and we'll play it on next month. Yeah, definitely. But for now, I think it's uh, class dismissed. <laughs> Okay, so at the reunion, we'll be having the AGM and as always, um, the committee will have to step down and there will be an election. Yay, I can go. <laughs> In your dreams. You wish. <laughs> so, if any of you want to stand to be on the committee... As chair. Then, <laughs> as anything, you can, <laughs> there is the position of chair if you want to stand and get Michael's job. There's member secretary, which at the minute is me. The secretary, which is Gemma, treasurer, which is Debbie, and then we have what we call the ordinary members, and at the moment they are Georgie, Edel, Rob, Danielle, and Paul. So if you want to stand to be on the committee, what we really need is a profile from you. It doesn't need to be too long, but we need that from you by the end of April, so by April the 30th. Just what you think you can bring to SVOPA, what you can do for the committee. One of the things we have said, though, is that if you're going to stand for the committee, really, you need to be in a position to 
attend some of the events not all of them obviously but if there's some in your area then we would appreciate it if you sort of you know get involved and help out organizing things sometimes and you know just be a full part of the committee if you possibly can yeah because it's um you know it's changed so much in the last what two years you know with the meetups and there's meetups going on now nearly every month and it's it's hard work actually trying to balance the calendar so we've not got things too too often and um you know it's just been really good it's been fantastic how things have just moved on people are enjoying it you know uh we're getting some great feedback aren't we from things we do so we're going to actually go on to the events in a couple of moments anyway Why not come and join us at one, or two, or all of them? So moving on to the events, the first one we've got is imminent, and that is our Peterborough break, which is next weekend, the 7th to the 10th. And that's at the Bull Hotel, which is a lovely hotel, which you've all heard us say so many times over the podcast, so I won't reiterate. But it's for twins and doubles, it's £40 per person per night for dinner, bed and breakfast. But there is a single room supplement, so that's £50 per person per night. And to book, which is short notice, but there still are places, you need to contact the Bull Hotel Direct on 01733 561364, quoting SVOPA. But if you live locally and you just want to join the guys for a, for an afternoon or an evening, then they'd love to see you. There's quite a few going, isn't there? There is. There's about 12, 13 of us going at the moment. And and there's no reason why you know my mobile number is going to be at the end of the of this anyway, or contact me on Facebook or through the group. You know, if you just wanted to pop over for, for Sunday lunch with us or something like that, you know, if you're, you're local, you know, just let us know. It would be great for you to join us. Okay, so moving on to the next event, which is a London meetup. Michael's down in London for an RIB event, so he's taken the opportunity to get a few people together, and that's going to be on Thursday the 13th. This is being held at the Metropolitan Bar, which is the Weatherspoons, literally as you come out of the Baker Street train station or underground station. Um, I would say if you're on Facebook, do check out, you know, just check that out because we may be moving it forward. Marjorie says if you want to come earlier, she's happy to meet up with people as well. So there's no need to start as late as four o'clock. Um, I'll be there about half four-ish, something like that. So we've got a few hours to have a chat, have something to eat and just um, get to know each other. So, you know, do come along. If you live anywhere near London, we'd love to see you. And, you know, again, just get in touch. I'll be in London from the Wednesday. So um, if you need any advice or any help, just let us know. Okay, so April, we're moving on to now. And on the 12th of April, that's a preliminary date so far, but we are hoping to have a meet-up in Chester. This has been requested by one of our members, so we thought it was a a nice place to have a meet-up, and we've not done it before. So um, hopefully on the 12th. We'll have more details for you in the next podcast. We will. And just check out Facebook and obviously the the other resources which we make available to you. Yeah. Okay, so then May, we've got the main reunion, which we've already told you about. And uh, lastly, for this time, we've got a meetup in Blackpool, which is in June. And that's going to be held on the 28th. We're, again, venue to be um, sorted out, but we're going to find a nice central location. And I know a few people are already talking about just staying over for the Saturday night. And we're probably going to find a, a B&B or something nearby, you know, something quite reasonably priced. And um, if people want to join us for that, we'll just get a price and, and you just book it. And so we can make a, like a mini break out of it as well. 
And there are a few other plans for later in the year, but we're going to move on to our main sort of Christmas winter break, which this year is going to be at the Lauriston. And we've been there a few times. A really nice hotel. It is one of the Vision Hotels. Um, so it's perfectly suited and perfectly situated you know, just about 100 yards from the beach and um, really nice prom to walk on a little bit like the land Dudno one where you could easily go out with your dog and go for a nice walk the town centre is just again a couple of hundred yards away it's got a nice little shopping centre and um, we've got a cinema there's bowling there's quite a lot to do there as well so this is taking place from the 14th to the 17th of November it is, and the price is £45 per person per night based on dinner, bed and breakfast. And there is available at the moment the RNIB discount of 10%. However, we can't guarantee that discount will be available for any bookings placed after the end of April, but we will keep you informed. To book, you need to call the hotel direct on 01934 620 seven five eight and quote svopa and with the discount it works out about forty one fifty per person per night so it's not that bad at all really it's not not for one of the vision hotels that's pretty good <laughs> so if you want any more information about any of the get-togethers any of the breaks or you want to suggest a place to have a meetup or something like that or a future break then you can contact us as always podcast at svopa.co.uk Right, well, we'll come to the end of episode 25 of the SVOPA podcast for March 2014. And um, I can't believe we've nearly been doing this for two years. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Mm. So I just can't believe it. It'll not be long before we're at 100. (laughs) (laughs) You might be. So, again, we need your contact. We need you guys to get in touch, you know, for our Over to You section. Yeah, any audio that you've got. I mean, it, it's you could email it to us. If you want us to read it out, we can get somebody to read it out, a different voice to us, and, you know, we can do whatever's best for you, really. And don't forget your I Confess. We've not had your confessions this month. We haven't, no. No, no I can't think of any. No, and um, I'm not confessing yet. Because huh? I know what your confession is. <laughs> what you like, you. That was actually mentioned at the meet-up this weekend but yeah that's where i'm stopping with this one so how do people get in touch okay so you can email us at podcast at svopa.co.uk and you can visit and have a look at all the old podcasts at www.svopa.co.uk and also our website is still a work in progress but we've got quite a bit of information going up there all the time you can find us on facebook by searching svopa and the same with Twitter and on Audioboo. And you can listen to my Audioboos, should you wish to, which is Ike Allen. And you can listen to me on Audioboo, which is Joe.Fishwick. Also, as a lot of people will know, we've launched our new project recently called VI Talk. Okay, so just to go through it quickly, VI Talk is aimed at anyone visually impaired, anyone who knows someone who's visually impaired, or anybody who has connections with an organisation or group that offers services or support to visually impaired people. Right, so if you just search VI Talk on Facebook, Twitter, Audioboo, etc., and also if you look in the channels section on Audioboo, you will find the VI Talk channel, which is 
literally going to be launching on the 1st of March. So um, check that out as well. And if you, you want to get involved in VI Talk, just email us info at vitalk.co.uk. Anyway, back to the R podcast, which we're doing now. Okay, so we want to say thank you to Maria Evans and Brian Winter. We do, and thanks to Chris for sending in the the audio for the news section and all the guys over in Durham. Yep, thanks to everybody who supports us listening to the podcast and turns up to the breaks, the meetups, sends in audio, sends in written material. We really appreciate it, and without all of you, the, you know, SBOPA just would go nowhere. It wouldn't, and I think so. We'll just end with giving you my contact details, especially for the reunion as well. Obviously, we need to know if you want to come, and I can hold a bed for you. It's um, my phone number is 0161287 or the mobile is 07930444656. And um, I think that's probably it for this time. I think it is. So uh, we'll see you all next month for episode 26. And uh, hopefully we'll see some of you in London and in Peterborough next week. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Bye.